Welcome to Micromobility, a podcast exploring the disruptive potential of lightweight utility vehicles. Using the history of computing as a framework, we examine how these technologies will upend everything we thought we knew about the future of urban transport. The host of the show is Horace Deju, founder of asimco.com, and I'm his co-host, Oliver Bruce. All right, and we're back. Welcome again to Micromobility. It's uh, me, I am Horace Deju, and I have with me here, or there, as the case may be, um, <laughs> Uh, Oliver Bruce, you, Oliver, you're in Belfast, is that right? That's right, Horace. Yeah, Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. So Belfast. I know there was a song. There was a great song, a disco song about Belfast. Uh, but other oh, than really? That, oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Boney M. I think was the was the band. It was one of these weird uh, Euro 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 bands. Um, but Belfast, and I'm in Boston, so we're not that far away this time. No, but, no um, it's nice to be back in uh, a relatively normal uh, time zone rather than New Zealand where everything, uh, everything, everything's the opposite end of the earth. <laughs> Being upside down, as they say. Yeah, yeah, um, absolutely. So, so just a quick note, I, I'm just slightly tired because I, I actually went on a long uh, electric bike tri- trip today. Actually, it, it's a perverse thing because I, I was going, I, I, my... Uh, my auto mechanic is is um, well. It's a Mercedes mechanic I use, which is unfortunately quite far away from where I'm staying here in Boston. It's about 24, 25 miles, and and um, whenever you go to pick up your car, you know you've got to deal with someone giving you a ride. So this time I thought I'd I'd ride my bike there. 25 miles isn't that far, but uh, the problem in New England is, or where I am here in Boston, uh, the suburbs of Boston is uh, there aren't really good trails or good bike lanes. And, and so the weather was fine. The, um, I had a bike with plenty of range. This is a Stromer ST1. So it's not the, the, oh, the most, wow. it, it's, it's not the top of the line, but it's an okay bike for, for the job. Um, it, it tops out at 25 miles an hour though. And, uh, and, and, but you know, it, it, it was a fairly, fairly uh, uh you know uh, exciting trip i i you know i had a mix of of uh country country roads and and city streets and 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 trails and very interesting uh uh former these are former rail railroad lines that were uh, in some way paved or converted to to cycling tracks as they say and and uh they're great because they're very flat uh, they don't have a lot of grade change because that's the thing about trains is they can't go up hills, and as a result, you have a very smooth ride. Um, and and on an e-bike, you know, you're just flying. You're just 25 miles an hour is is tremendously fast. I guess um, something like uh, 30 35 kilometers an hour. So. Yeah. Um, it, it's a great, great feeling, and I was it was it was energizing. I made the trip in about eighty minutes. Um, I could have gone maybe a little bit faster, but there were lights along the way. There were some points I had to stop because of that. Uh, I didn't really take a break, but I I went through straight out, straight on, uh, straight through eighty kilo, uh, eighty minutes or so. And um, and and the funny thing is, once I got there, you know, I put my bike in the back of the car. It's it's it's, a, it's this station wagon which just had some work done, 
Um, and and I, I I threw threw the bike in the back, and of course I had to bring back bring it the whole thing home. And um, I was doing this in the afternoon. So I I left around three o'clock, and I was coming back around four thirty. And um, this is peak rush hour, and this is a particularly bad part of the city for for traffic. It's it's suburbs, but it's like uh, it, it's just unbelievable. So the trip back was a lot longer. I think <laughs> it was it was so frustrating too, because even though it may not have been, uh, you know, if you're an hour and a half in a car, you know, it's really painful. It's it's you have to run the air conditioning. It's stop and go. <laughs> It's stressful, and the exact opposite with cycling. I mean, the cycling it was, it was exhilarating. You're going fast. You have the bri- the breeze constantly, even though it's warm. It's you've got airflow all the time, and um, and so I I just proving the point once again how how a good cycling infrastructure coupled with a good vehicle is absolutely loads better than 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 um, cars in traffic. Um, and one more thing, you know, it, the distance traveled is is fairly far. Um, again, it's uh, it, it's about 30, 35 kilometers, which is well beyond even the average or median, I should say, median distance traveled by most people on a single trip with a car. And so, um, and so, it was. Um, it's at the at the outer edge of the limit of what might be considered a micro mobility. Uh, you know, trip a micro mobility trip. Again, Marchetti's constant is about one hour, and that's for a whole day. So, for a single journey, a single one-way trip to go to an hour and a half, it's uh, it, it, it's it's a it's a long trip. But again, it was it was doable. It wasn't uh, uh, terrible. Um, and and what what would what, what I want to bring up now is, uh, you know, we we talked about segmenting trips by distance before and sure. here we i just experienced a very long trip but at the other extreme is the very shortest of all trips and, and kind of the the walking distance and these trips I, I i i witnessed in in santa monica which is where i was last week and the santa monica california beautiful town on the sea you know on the on ocean on on uh the 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 pacific ocean it's it's for those of you who may not have been there it's it's the quintessential idyllic uh, California, Los Angeles, I should say, Los Angeles um, uh, uh, community, and and Santa sure. Monica is famous, right, for for being the birthplace of scooter sharing. Have you been yeah. there, by the way? Uh, I haven't, but I but I um, as as far as I understand it, that's where Bird first launched, wasn't it? Right. So Bird, um, Santa Monica is kind of an interesting place it's also it's both uh sort of the heart of what they call uh silicon beach which is or is i I think that's what it's called it's this this tech hub where where for example snapchat is based there and and there's a few other gaming companies and and so on uh who are you know based in in santa monica which is which is uh unique i suppose for los angeles and secondly um, it has um, it has a beach. It has a grid system of streets, um, and 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 people have taken to getting around in this casual way uh, with with various cycling and roller skates, roller blades, all of the beach culture that brought 
this kind of mobility. And it's not small. It's fairly fairly big, as all things in California are big. And so it's not intimate in, in distance. And, and so you do need to kind of uh, spend time uh, uh, traveling if, if you're on foot. And if, if you're on car, uh, it's fast, but it's, uh, it's, it's painful because you have to find parking everywhere. Uh, and, and you might face traffic. So the usual, the usual traffic uh, and, and the, the, the usual car problems in cities. Now, what's interesting is that, yes, it was the home of Bird. It was the home of Bird, and Bird um, launched in Santa Monica. Now, f- for those of you who don't know, Bird is a, a uh, scooter sharing. Now, here's one thing we need to, we need to settle, is what does the word scooter mean? Because um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how, how it works that... that when I when I heard the term myself initially, someone asking, I, I thought they meant uh, the, these these motorized moped type. Yeah, absolutely. Vehicles. I think of I think of mopeds when you when you say scooter. So I think many people do, to, and so so yeah. sometimes sometimes people would say it's a kick scooter, but that doesn't apply if it's electric, right? So um, it, it, it it these were these small wheeled uh, tiny. Uh, uh, skateboard-like devices, so you stand on them with one leg usually, and you kick with the other. You have a handlebar that's that steers the front wheel, and these were children's products, which kind of became early, um, you know, early 21st century fad, where people were using these to uh, to kick around cities and 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 sort of a speed up their travels, but uh, the the newest generation are a little bit bigger, a little bit beefier have uh, wheels approximately, I would say, 10 centimeters or more in diameter. And, and, and these are designed with electric motors and, and with uh, batteries to, to essentially travel within, uh, within a short distance, but you know, maybe up to two, three miles. The batteries on board typically last 15 miles, and they are operated with a hand throttle, or rather, I should say, a thumb tr- throttle, and they go about maximum 15 miles an hour. So these are sure. really, really low-end product when it comes to motorized transport. The thing that I found really interesting about it is that the, these obviously are, um, are they new? Because the thing that I've sort of, I, I had always thought these have actually been around for a while. So I was really surprised to see them explode in popularity so quickly. I, so, I, I felt like I've seen these scooters around, you know, they're not just a really recent, uh, a really recent uh, you know, technological innovation. So here's the thing. This is interesting as, as a kind of a, that's a great question. How, how did these, how did this suddenly appear as a phenomenon? And phenomenon it is. Right now there's about 12 companies that are bidding to operate in San Francisco and only, a, I believe only five will be allowed to do so. And so yes, a lot of these correct. companies yeah. have received funding. There's a lot of activity in trying to get these um, these business models. But we'll get into that in a second. First, let's make sure we understand what the vehicle looks like and where it comes from. So uh, these are two wheels in tandem separated by a flat board. Um, Stand-up position with the handlebar that, that lets you steer. And again, a thumb throttle for, for powering a small, tiny motor that um, that is fed by by uh, a small amount of batteries. Typically, the batteries are in the in the down tube of the handlebar, and the um, uh, you know it may have uh, brakes, um, uh, mechanical brakes. Uh, you know, it, it's it's not 
it's not a very it's not a very complex product. Now the funny thing about it is that as a predecessor, we had a, a, a fad as well for these hoverboards, and hoverboards came after the Segway, which was an early two thousands um, uh, invention, and the Segway was two wheels parallel to one another with a platform in between using electric motors, using electric, uh, obviously, batteries, um, but with also a handlebar, and they operated more by the user leaning forward. So the user stood with their feet uh, um, apart, uh, slightly apart, but essentially f- facing forward. And, well, famously, and, yeah, falling off them if you were George Bush. And there were many episodes of these, yes, of, of sort of people yeah. m- not quite getting how to use them, but because they required a bit of balancing and, and they, they used a, a, a sensing and, and uh, torque motors that, that allow the, the, the whole setup to, to, to balance itself and provide a kind of intuitive uh, motion by just leaning forward, you would, you would go. And, and it was meant to be really without a control, without a throttle. It was entirely driven by your body, uh, your body motion, your 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 stance that made the Segway go in a certain direction. The turning was using the handlebar a little bit, but not. But it was it just sensed your intent. It wasn't uh, physically turning anything, and so so the 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 Segway was way ahead of its time. The Segway um, when it was introduced. It took really was I would say micro mobility you know version zero because it, the idea was 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 exactly what we're seeing in micro mobility today electric motors lightweight battery on board made to the, to to transport a person in a utility fashion as opposed to something as a recreational product. Now the thing is this with with Segway it failed and the Segway failed. Uh, at the time, there were a lot of debates about it, and, and the proponents of it were just super excited. I was one of the people who was super excited about it because it really promised what we, prom- what we see the micromobility promise today, which is motorized transport, personal size, and, and highly efficient. But because it wasn't a bicycle configuration, and because it was motorized and potentially quite fast, the um, there weren't laws that uh, permitted it anywhere. In other words, the laws uh, were saying it cannot go on the street because you'd need um, you'd, you'd need to have need some safety bike lanes or something, etc. And you'd also need a helmet, more, which is more right. Really and I think with all y- of this, yeah. yeah. So users were were not comfortable also taking it on on the streets and and it wouldn't per, be permitted on the sidewalk although you could make it slow enough so it find found you know a few niches I think some postmen or 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 mailmen as as a, in the U S were trying these out as as a mail delivery vehicles uh, and famously almost as a as a joke. Uh, mall cops were were using these and kind of became a character in a in a movie called Mall Cop, which is kind of a uh, a satirical look at at uh, at these uh, not quite police officers. Um, now, having said that, uh, and and by the way, Steve Jobs was also asked, uh, you know, this inventor 
forget his name now, but he brought Dean a bunch Kamen. of people. Yeah, Cayman. He brought a bunch of people to review the product after he built it, and famous, you know, supposedly um, um, people there recounted these uh, this first meeting, and and Steve Jobs was uh, you know very negative about it, saying you know look, it's not it's not good enough, and. Um, and, 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 you know, the head of Oracle was there, venture capitalists were there, all these important uh, Silicon Valley people were there. And, and there was sort of a mixed response to it, even amongst these um, luminaries. Now, again, the, 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 the story of Segway is a rather, is a rather tragic one. And uh, what happened to that asset um, is that it was bought by a company in China, which actually, uh, I believe, calls itself Segway to this day. And um, they've been trying to commercialize it in different forms and taking that technology. And again, the hoverboard is really a miniaturized version of it. If you think about it, uh, it, it more or less does the same thing. You stand with this, your feet in the same position. You kind of have to balance it. It's a harder to use product because you don't have the handlebars and it doesn't have the mass of the original. But the idea was similar that you could sort of stand and move at the same time. Now, uh, the, the, um, uh, the company Segway that, that is now a Chinese company um, is the one that's supplying most of the scooters that we see on the roads uh, or the streets in, in use today as shared vehicles. And what's interesting about that is that the, the iteration was Segway, hoverboard, powered scooter, and the powered scooter seems to be the one that is finding a product market fit, meaning it is becoming successful and useful. Uh, again, we need to use Scooter here in, in to, to define this, this particular configuration. Uh, and we'll, we'll use Moped to define the, um, the sit-down um, mini motorcycle. Um, I think Moped is, is acceptable there. Um, so anyway, so, so this sure. is a, what happened then Segway failed, but somehow from its ashes, we see the emergence, the rebirth, the, the, uh, the renaissance of personal, personal mobility uh, for a uh, very small vehicle. Now, mind you, these are still all throttle vehicles. They're not assisting the, the an existing... Um, input of energy they're not amplifying the user's uh, locomotion which is what the european standard for pedal electric is has been all about and pedal electric is a completely different animal in terms of of both the the philosophy which is that you you should never have a throttle that it it's a vehicle that is uh an evolution of an existing configuration that has been around for hundreds of years, which is the bicycle. And it's and, almost like bionic. Yeah. And it's a bionic product. And that's exactly how I, I like to think of it as a bionic product. Whereas these are more toy like, these are more, again, the evolution of a, a, a child's toy or perhaps this kind of mall cop, uh, uh invention. And, 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 and yet, and yet, you know, this is, how do we make sense of this? Is, is, is this, is one of these a flip phone and the other a 
candy bar phone and basically two form two f- forms of the same thing in 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 you know in the way you users use it it may be slightly different but they're all well i'd like to think that the way to do this uh, segmentation is by trip distance because it turns out that the, there are there are limitations and benefits to the very design constraints that these vehicles have in other words when you have a small wheel, and the, the, the wheels are indeed small, so again, six inches, eight inches, maybe 10 inches, or the equivalent in centimeters, you know, up to 20 centimeters, let's say. Um, these are wheels on scooters that are that are appropriate in a Santa Monica, which is a wonderful warm climate with smooth streets and very little um, in terms of potholes or... or um, other kinds of... of uh, Debris you might find on the roads, which is more common in, in again, in colder climates. Uh, you also have, uh, in the scooter, you have a small battery, by necessity, because it's a very small vehicle. Uh, and so you can't really go long distances. It's also a standing uh, up configuration, so you can't really carry much with you. Um, the, 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 the regulations, at, at least in California, require helmets, and they cannot be used on sidewalks and yet people do that i i saw i saw many many people using them on sidewalks against the rules again uh without helmets and and so maybe over time those rules will change but and and normative behavior might dictate the new rules but what what i'm trying to to explain is that because of the design considerations and and the small size of the product, and that makes it very successful. It's easy to deploy. It's easy to move. It's easy to charge because you can put a few of them in a truck or 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 uh, an SUV and then you move them to a charging location, charge them overnight and put them back out. In fact, there's a whole gig economy now of, yeah, absolutely. of, of chargers. Yeah, of the chargers. Yeah, getting paid paid to be able to relocate them and, and, and to take them and, and charge them at night. Hey, this is a really interesting point. Um, I, I really love this breakdown of that sort of larger vehicle and smaller vehicle in order to, and you and the way that you can sort of see, it's almost like what's the job to be done here and the distances as being, you know, the, the, determining, the, the determining factor in what the actual job is there to be done. It was also, the, there's an interesting question here for me though, which is around liquidity. So whenever we talk, uh, you know, when, when I was at Uber, we'd oftentimes talk about liquidity of a city um, and in terms of how is there a sufficient number of, is there a sufficient supply of, you know, uh, a driver or a vehicle or something nearby where you know somebody wants to be able to get a ride. And the thing that I can see that becomes tricky is if you start differentiating so, you know, so it's almost in some ways so early in this, in this story. Um, between you know large and short distances, you know how would it not be that you end up with um, you know a bunch of a bunch of scooters and then a bunch of these bikes, um, right. but the bikes end up being so far away from someone to walk. Well, I guess you could just go and get a scooter, right? Well, you could you take get a scooter, a scooter to the bike, <laughs> right? So you get a scooter to get to the other to the other vehicle type. So this is this is why. One of the, the uh, one of the great attributes of micromobility is that it plays well with others. Micromobility is inherently multimodal, and not just multi multimodal means oh you take a car to the train and then the, and then you know to train maybe to a bus, 
But when you're dealing with micromobility, you might be switching vehicles three, four times per journey. So this is this is possible now because these are so there. Like you said liquidity. I, I I like to use the the word accessibility. So they're very accessible. They're available. Sure. They're everywhere, and 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 they're they're um, they're designed to be where you need them as opposed to having to take them with you, which is what the issue with bikes and and in general and sort of the, you know the Brompton, which is one of the greatest inventions in in cycling it was in, it invented specifically to deal with uh, the problem of taking a a bicycle onto the english um or british uh rail network so that commuters could uh, complete their journey uh once they uh arrive into london they complete their journey door to door and and so the bike comes with you as as essentially luggage but the the micro mobility idea is that well once you get off the train, there'll be a bike there, uh, and or a scooter or something else. And and again, these things should. This is not a win, winner takes all. And the, and, and the and the way to think about it again is that the distances traveled imply jobs to be done. So when you are competing with walking, which is I think what scooters do, there might be journeys like the one I took today, where I needed to go twenty five miles, where. Uh, an e-bike, especially a, a speed e-bike or S-Pedelec, was absolutely fantastic. And and so everywhere in between there, you're going to see inventions. By the way, we forgot to mention one more very important um, uh, micro-mobile device, which which came between the, the scooter and, and its predecessor, the, the hoverboard, which is the boosted board. The boosted board oh, yes. is is an, a skateboard with a motor, a particularly large one. But the idea was you had a skateboard and you would uh, you would essentially throttle it or use the throttle with a Bluetooth uh, remote. And actually, I know the founder of this company, uh, Sanjay uh, Dastur, who who now is actually start has started a a scooter business, a scooter sharing he's, business. He's running Spin, isn't he? In uh, uh, Skip, DC. Skip. Oh, skip. Right. Yeah. yeah excellent. So, so the 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 whole idea of we had this again. I forgot. It's a very important uh, uh, placeholder here that you know we we went from uh, Segway to hoverboard to boosted board to electric scooter, and the first uh, few of those, right? The first three of those were things you bought. The electric scooter is the thing you borrow or, or rent and your question in the beginning was like well what happened weren't these around and certainly they are and they're still available for you to purchase and there are many many variants which were very sort of even very inexpensive but the, the the scooters that that were picked off the shelf which were consumer grade basically and put on the streets by bird were made i believe by by this same company that made the um, the Segway. Yeah, nine, nine bot is the, nine uh, bot. the name of the train. Yep. And, and so train. this only happened in September 2017. The very first few hundred scooters p- were put out in Santa Monica. And now we are talking to you in June of 2018. So it's only been about nine months. And already there are dozens of companies 
billions of dollars have been invested in the sector. And I'm not exaggerating. I'm not just throwing that number around. Literally billions because we have, if you add all these startups, see how much capital they raised. It adds up to that. And yeah. so it, it is taking off in the United States. Now, what's important is to understand that at this point, at least, it's a, not only a U.S. phenomenon, but it's a regional phenomenon of the, of the West Coast and perhaps a few spots in other parts like Washington, D.C., maybe a few places in the South. Um, maybe they're starting to creep into the cities of the North as well. But it hasn't, you know, it's only been nine months. And in nine months, you don't get the chance to set up a meeting to discuss this topic in any other context, right? This is, this is something that is, is as fast as I've ever seen something take off. It could be a it could be a fad, it could be a bubble, but the reason it's not, and we'll talk about this because there's some interesting economics at at work here. the The reason it's not, and the reason they attracted us so much capital, is because of the operating data that they're collecting. The data is measured in terms of utilization and price of the of the ride. So utilization is how many rides does the vehicle get taken on on a daily basis or so the average so if you have 100 vehicles and you you give 500 rides a day then you say that your utilization is five you know dividing the number of rides by the number of vehicles that doesn't mean that every, you know every vehicle is used five times but on average it's used five times and and so that utilization number Multiply by how much people are willing to spend on these rides, and typically they're a dollar to start and 50, 15 cents a minute, I believe, is kind of become the, the default pricing of these things. So if you think about that number, and maybe a ride would be maybe a dollar fifty, something around that, um, maybe a bit more, maybe two dollars per ride. But if there's five rides a day, let's take the two, makes it easier. $5 a day at $2 a ride is $10 a day. And the scooter itself may cost in volume to the operator three to $400. Now, it depends how much extra hardware is needed there in terms of geopositioning, location, uh, and, and locking and mechanisms and so on. These are various additional costs beyond the, the commodity pricing of the scooter itself. But nonetheless, it's a four or $500 product um, as a cost out of pocket to the operator. But if it's earning $10, uh, $10 a day, then in 50 days, it's paid off. And yes. anything that is used beyond 50 days is profit. Of course, you have to pay charging. You have to pay maintenance you have to pay staff and then and engineers and so on but this is the rule of thumb in terms of you know charging is actually the biggest cost because charging seems to be about five dollars per scooter per day and this is paid again to a gig economy worker how how can uh oh oh right you mean i was going to say the cost of the power is obviously not that amount but um yeah so, no it's so it's you're... it's yeah the 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 uh, let's say the the charger the person who charges um is given a you know these these types of um these types of rates to do the work of charging which means that they have to take the vehicle off the street that they're told where it is on an app they pick it up 
they charge it overnight and have to also drop it off somewhere. So they also act as balancers. So they, they, they balance the, the vehicle fleet in terms of location and they balance the energy in the vehicle fleet by charging it. So they're, they're out of, their costs are mostly time to do so and the vehicle that they need to. So it's like an Uber driver, but they're not carrying people, they're carrying uh, scooters. So because there is some cost overhead with that, it is rather, you know, it is a rather high, high bonus you get if you, if you do these things. And again, people have taken this and run with it so that now we have some people who are kind of doing hundreds of these or perhaps more. I don't know. Uh, sure. But but the idea, though, is that the economics, it's called unit economics, really work out pretty well that the vehicle would be paid off in a couple of months. And as long as the, the vehicle doesn't fall apart in that time, in which case if it does fall apart after those two, three months and you got to throw it away or, or strip it for parts, um, then you're, you're losing money if, you, if it doesn't last as long as its payoff period. But anything above that is, is, is profit. And to the extent that you can get that utilization even higher beyond five, you're doing tremendously well. So what, what Bird was able to obtain in only a few months, and like in the first 30 days, I believe, is they got these tremendous numbers in Santa Monica. Their utilization was off the charts compared to bike sharing compared to what was thought of as micromobility before. And that is why suddenly billions of dollars started flying at, at this problem. Now, that sounds like a great success story, but I have some reservations or some, I have some concerns overall on, this, on, on, this, on potential for this becoming a phenomenon globally and also universally at the expense of every other mode of, of micromobility because, again, there are limits. This is, works fantastically well because it's available, cheap, accessible, and, and um, easy to, 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 to use, but it's, it, it has the limitation of distance. Maybe, again, it'll evolve. Maybe it'll get really much better and I've seen prototypes which are actually far more advanced in terms of the vehicle design. Yeah, but, absolutely. They, you know, uh, they've got, oh, sorry. The, uh, yeah, the, the latest ones in, from San Francisco, uh, w w I think it was, um, I think it might have been Skips. Um, or certainly I know that Uber as well has been looking at it as, as the ones that are longer, longer range. So you'd be able to get more rides in before you'd need to recharge it and obviously that that stretches your ability but the thing that i find amazing about it is is you look at the, the, the of those 12 applications that were put in they're actually available in public and there have been a number of people um michelle uh, nucker and, and a couple of others who have um gone out and, and kind of done analysis on it and you can see the the, the how quickly and how easily um, different manufacturers and different companies are able to effectively um, evolve and adapt for each variable. So, so that's I just find that I find that so incredible because as it is, as you sort of say, this really only started in September, and we're in June, and this is, um, I mean, the amount of experimentation. It's almost like a Cambrian explosion, and I think it's actually going to kind of set the stage for a lot of other experimentation into exactly what else works in this space and how quickly that can happen. So and and really to impressive. tell. To tell you just how, just how um, impactful it's been, some companies which started with bike sharing switched in the United States to scooter sharing, and, and whereas China was the home of bike sharing, at least the free-floating bike sharing that were a line bike which came in, out of China to bring that concept to the United States is now switching to scooters, and in fact taking scooters back to China. 
So here yes. we have this sort of leapfrog effect where, where uh, uh, you know, because, by the way, bike share in China was such a huge hit as well because 20 million bikes, 70 million active users a day, hundreds of uh, millions of, of, uh, of rides uh, per month per were being were being uh, consumed using uh, standard, not electric, pedal bikes, and that phenomenon was they, China was so proud of it that they called it one of the one of the five modern Chinese inventions that that they sort of you know changed the world and then and, and influenced the world and were led from China, and yet here we are seeing a phenomenon where where uh, completely different form factor and, and configuration and use um, job or, or whatever uh, are, are, is coming back and kind of leapfrogging. Now, again, I'd, I'd be cautious and to su- suggest that this is the, um, the ultimate micromobility configuration. There's, there's this shared kick scooter with an electric motor. I think there's, this is perhaps... Uh, and, and again, uh, I'm 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 at a loss for for perfect analogies, but perhaps it's the introduction of the razor, which was one of the f- uh, most successful flip phones, and we hadn't yet seen the iPhone, or or the or the launch of the BlackBerry, which is again a huge hit in the in the phone space, or the launch of a laptop which uh, had a trackball. A lot of these things were huge hits at the time, and they were normative. They they redefined the segment. Everybody assumed that that was the way forward, but they were they were again incremental, or in, in, they were they were um, stepping stones onto something else. Because again, we've yeah, seen absolutely. four or what? five four or five other stepping stones to get to this one that we're seeing today, and 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 so I don't know if why should we stop here, right? Yeah, absolutely. So what are the very, like, I mean, I have ideas about what I think the problems of this are, obviously. And because um, when you when you say sort of like, I remember when there was the, the Razer came out with the uh, with the iTunes, uh, with the iTunes pairing. <laughs> and Steve Jobs was uh, famously like almost embarrassed by how bad it was. You know, it was like, a, we, we know we're trying to solve for something here. We're not quite sure what it is. I, I'm really curious about, because it me, to me, you know, there's a bunch of problems with the scooters. You still need to charge them. They don't go and charge themselves. You know, there's, it's, um, there's problems with all the kind of tragedy that comments in terms of parking, etc. What are the parts that you can see um, that still need to be solved? To be able to make to get us from this razor moment to to a uh, to a to an iPhone moment. Well, first of, first of all, I think safety is the is the first uh, uh, insufficiency, if you will, of of this of this configuration. I think the the, the ability because the small wheels are inherently um, prone to be um, uh, to be upset by 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 obstacles. Um, consider, if you will. Uh, in mopeds, there are many types of mopeds, but one of the most iconic is the Vespa, which is a, which is this very beautifully packaged uh, rear motor, rear um, um, you know sit down um, sit down um, uh, ergonomics. Uh, the, the 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 controls everything about a Vespa is absolutely gorgeous. But it has these small wheels, which is one of the cons- one of the con- compromises you need to have in order to get that configuration. And the, the Vespa wheels means that a Vespa moped is not a very suitable one for again for rough climates. It was invented in Italy, and 
it works very well in 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 the south but it's not so popular in um in cold climates and so in if you if you look at what london does for mopeds what france does for mopeds they're not going to be vespa like products or germany and and so the 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 reason again is that that front wheel is is motorcyclists know that the wheel diameter is going to give you uh, a different feel but also a different ability to cope with uh, uh, with with rough rough roads and, and so on um, another example would be imagine you're a mountain biker so you have a smooth surface for for cycling and you have a very thin tire for uh, for a, a racing or or bike and you have a thicker tire for a uh, a commuter bike and then you have a very thick wide tire for off-road but also you cannot do mountain biking with small wheels you have to do mountain biking with big wheels because again you're going over rocks and trees trees and so on and you want to be able to absorb and fl- flow over that so the flow on on a on a on a downhill is is dependent on the wheel diameter uh, same logic goes for skiing you want to have long skis for 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 uh, uh, for downhill, and you want to have short skis for slalom, and you also want to have thin skis and very light skis for cross country skiing. So when you think about all these other domains of 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 vehicles, um, the tool matches the job very closely, and this is one reason why scooters with small wheels, to me, don't scale to all. Um, micromobility potential we are going to have room for bikes we're going to have room for e-bikes and uh, regular bikes i think the the way to think about it in terms of jobs though is again one dimension is is geography so where you are are there many hills uh, is the weather inclement frequently but also are you uh and again do you have rough rough uh, pavements and, and asphalt and so on um but also the distances and this is where uh, the, the data is available that you can say, okay, the demand exists for certain distances and therefore um, walking, for example, competition is, the walking is very easily addressed by, by scooters in warm climates. Um, but perhaps in cooler climates, very hilly climates or very, very hilly geographies, you will want to still go to an e-bike with a um, with a larger wheel. So um, so again, this is this is why I think uh, the transport jobs out there are so varied that that one size does not fit all. And and the paradox or the the irony here is that we've been hiring one vehicle to do all these jobs in the past, yeah, and absolutely. that's the car. <laughs> in fact, the more and the more as time goes on, the more the bigger it gets. Um, and so we're, we're, we're sort of people are now hiring an SUV for every job of transport they can imagine. And that, that is, that is a true, true tragedy. So yes. whereas, whereas, you know, I, I see uh, this hive of activity, this potential for innovation, we're going to see all kinds of cool things. I, I, I mean, I'm going to go back to Germany this summer to, uh, Eurobike, which is where, um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a trade show that, that, you know, people show off their, their, bike bike ideas but um you know you get to see a lot of e-bikes literally hundreds of e-bikes cargo bikes uh, which are typically now also electric uh plus recumbents uh, which are uh sometimes called 
velomobiles, which uh, may or may not have a fairing around them. So some people like to cycle while, while sitting or, or reclining. And, and all of these things still can be improved. Motor, they can be made, first of all, in much cheaper, much, can be engineered much better, um, and, 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 and can be sold or distributed with new business models, which again could be sharing. And we haven't even touched on the potential for having software on board and uh, sensing on board and uh, vision on board yeah, and all of those and things. The, I think the platform is going to come as a layer on top, just like in the phone business. We're at the stage right now, the late 90s, although things are happening so quickly that, that we're, you know, we're, we're sort of compressing decades into, into, uh, into years, if not months. But, but in the 90s, we had this problem of, of uh, who owns the relationship with the customer is that the operator who gives you a phone or do you buy it from a from a, a phone maker and then go get your sim card to to get your service from a different company and 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 all of that was trying to be sorted out initially it was the uh it, the relationship was held by the service provider which today is the, is the operator of the of the fleet uh and but but you didn't think much about going to china for your scooter and saying well can you put this scooter on on this sharing network which actually doesn't make sense because they're not personally owned but all of that is is kind of like now we're juggling all these ideas um in fact curiously ofo began as an idea that people would share their own personal vehicles so they would park them and allow others to rent them essentially that's how it sort of started as car sharing applied to bikes in universities, but they oh, quickly really? decided, yeah, that's how it started initially oh, in 2015 or so. That's and really so they, interesting. They pivoted to having to own their bikes because they couldn't get, they, you know, get supply and demand uh, squared away and, and decided to go with their own uh, yeah, buying off the shelf. And for the, by the way, the firstly, they bought off the shelf bikes and then they began to engineer them because you're going to need to engineer them for the demands of fleet use. And, and so... Again, we're we're so early with scooters that that the 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 time it takes to engineer a new scooter is over one year because you have people have to go back to the factory and and and, and the source uh, to source the parts and then all of that has to be done and it takes about the same time as a, as a phone does right and yet the businesses are are just just now getting so much money there's a funny uh, funny consequence of this that that. Some some of the larger capitalized companies um, are monopolizing the supply chain by saying, "Well, we'll buy every scooter you make," and so none are left for the for the others. And yeah, again, it, you know these uh, games games people play. Yeah, completely. Um, there's a couple of couple of really interesting points in there. One was um, I was in I was in China last week actually before I before I came over to Northern Ireland, and one of the um, I, I spent a little bit of time in the Mobike headquarters with the uh, one of the presidents there, and he was. We were talking through the um, the, the sort of design iteration that the the OEMs. I mean, effectively, they've locked up their own OEM supply for Mobike. Mobike is one of the the Chinese bike share suppliers, and he. <clears throat> they were just saying, yeah, yeah, we we, we iterate every couple of months um, and release these new bikes, and I I did a bit of a tweet storm about it, um, and all those kind of like the various iterations and those really interesting designs that we would uh, include the um and i and, and to your point i i can see they're absolutely doing the same thing with scooters and they'll they'll lock up that supply i mean that's why none of them are available on amazon going back to your earlier point as well the um just around the insufficiencies of the current sharing model 
Um, I think you, um, there's also another point in there which is around public transport um, and sort of, you know, the, or the other modalities that sit around, you know, uh, micromobility, which is it doesn't really work if you're in the middle of an industrial park where the only other access to any other sort of transport is your car. You'd want it to kind of pair with other things where you, um, you really need to kind of have this in, an, in a fabric of something where there would be, as you say, a potential for you're really replacing walking so you have to mm. be it has to kind of be in an environment where walking was even a default means of getting around which actually when you think about it is in a lot of cities not necessarily the case um and you, the other point as well is around cabins um or or like weather weather protection um because mm-hmm. that's where i can see that like to your point it's really in places where it's really sunny that works really well but um i'm in ireland it sucks the weather's the weather here is terrible it's meant to be the middle of summer and it's raining every day you know so mm-hmm. yeah um, and windy too probably <laughs> yeah 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 um but but um that's actually have you ever seen the the lit motors c1 the um the the auto the auto balancing version of that of the cabin bicycle that they were trying to build um it was a, it was a silicon yeah. valley company yeah, Lit Motors. They, I think they got acquired by Apple or something happened there. No, no, they were in they were in talks to be acquired oh, by Apple. Oh, in talks, um, in talks. Yeah, yeah, it never happened. But I, I had a pre-order. I still have a pre-order. I never got my money back. Um, uh, but but for but that idea of having like a two-wheeled um, gyro bike, while I was in China, actually, Ying, Linyan um, uh, Intelligence, which is a, it's a Chinese-backed company, they came out and announced that they were going to be building one of these, effectively, like a clone of the Lit Motors. Interestingly, the people who had backed it were Sequoia. Now, Sequoia uh, have backed and are leading the round, the latest round for Bird, and also had previously backed Ninebot and Segway. So hmm. there's there's this really interesting thing there of like, Obviously, they can see something coming down the pipe where something's going to, you know, to your point, we're waiting for that iPhone moment. We don't know what it's going to look like. But I can see there being this whole emergence of this class of vehicles for well, autonomous self so, so The trajectory, the ones. trajectory, what we talk about is is in disruption theories that you begin with some foothold market and then you you have product market fit and then you begin to evolve along the dimensions of performance that that users seem to resonate resonate with and and so the the when you when you we so we, so we you you start out by asking what what's missing i think safety is the first thing and and to to address that you you get to uh, i think the the rather than make it heavy and and protected you you want to throw technology at it in terms of sensors in terms of intelligence and all the things that we talk about cars becoming smarter with sensing and intelligence we can see those things coming to micromobility much quicker and and so part of the innovation will be on the mechanical engineering side as you pointed out that gyroscopes uh, uh, fairings or or covers um, and and other forms of physical physical innovations but also in terms of software and intelligence which would empower the user and prevent accidents if you will and that's that. These there's a great potential there. I think people who are you know looking at unit economics today are that's just that's just uh, table stakes. That's just getting in the game. Once yeah, this starts moving forward, it's going to first evolve rapidly on the product side, 
uh, we're going to see magical improvement in the in the performance of the product, and then it's going to evolve into platforms, and to, so so that so that the experience and time you spend with these vehicles is going to be monetized or, or made more and more valuable somehow, and and it's going to integrate then with other things, and so so the other dimension of improvement is the network. So the network would allow vehicles to interoperate uh, certainly with public transit, but also you know even to the point where uh, ride sharing uh, services will will uh, uh, engage uh, micromobility users by saying, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll give you a lift um, and then we'll drop you off at a micromobility device or vice versa, or we'll, we'll use our, our big vehicles to balance the small vehicles, which is already happening. Um, and so those, those integrations between different systems and the, the creation of markets for, for handoffs and uh, I sometimes call this tokenization, or sort of the uh, breaking the problem into tokens, and then and then being able to trade these tokens, so you you actually create a whole new economy of of um, uh, uh, of transfers, the economy of transfers, so that it's not a um, a single entity that dominates all transport. So you go to the to Uber for your for your for your micro well again this is perhaps idealistic maybe it will become that <laughs> you, you never know it's going to it may turn out like like uh like amazon for for retail or or google for search uh but you could also end up more a quote unquote open or modular where you have essentially plug compatibility between the different modes and yeah, and so absolutely. so this is fascinating i think what you're just what we're just doing now is scratching the surface on on all the potential that exists for taking something which is so simple today, uh, just an electric motor with a battery attached to a couple of wheels, how simple can you get? Well, you can, that's what a scooter is today. It's, it's, you know, we've gone through five iterations, as I said, you know, everything from a Segway, which was too early, to a hoverboard, which was not very useful, uh, to, uh, uh, to the, the boosted board, which has still required quite a bit of coordination on the part of the user, and it was not for everybody. Um, and now we have these scooters, which actually seem to be like everybody can handle these. Okay, at least maybe not no, not so many old people using them yet, but you know we'll we'll see. And at the same time, by the way, coming from above, you have cycling, you have you have the evolution of electric bicycles, which are I think more European centric. Uh, Regular cycling is more China-centric, and scooters seem to be a more of a U.S. phenomenon. And and again, uh, from from history, we had similar uh, uh, Galapagos situation where Japan was different than Europe, than the, different than the United States. A lot of that had to do with regulation and the early years of of cellular telephony. So the U.S. had multiple standards. It was very chaotic, uh, somewhat backward in terms of of uh, data on the network. Japan was very advanced on data, but didn't have uh, a great ecosystem. Uh, Europe had great devices, but didn't have and, and and a unified network called GSM, which meant that that users were were you know started using uh, text messaging very very quickly. And uh, uh, but the U.S. then evolved quickly into BlackBerry and then into iPhone because of software and 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 sort of trumped everything else. But again, that's not to say history plays, uh, you know, is repeats. It's it's. But but we're seeing is the rhyming here that the fact that you do have uh, 
uh, strange, uh, 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 for lack of a better term, sort of uh, um, ecosystems or, or um, ecologies, I should say, ecologies. Yes. You, you, yep. you have sure. different ecologies in different parts of the world uh, based on the 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 you know indigenous flora and fauna, right? So you you have you have the flora and fauna of companies, people, uh, cities, histories, cultures, uh, and then of course regulation, which is influenced by all of those things. And so things bloom there that wouldn't bloom elsewhere. And 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 so you, U.S. given its its rather perverse uh, 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 monoculture of automobile. Uh, uh, transport as the only only form of transport, it, it kind of almost pu- pu- pushed the uh, uh, pushed everything else out. But but you know the crack in the the crack in the concrete, the crack in 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 the pavement was the uh, was the scooter, which took you know and, and and began to flourish there. So so even the absence of uh, of uh, of an ecology as the U.S. Uh, has still allowed the 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 blooming of a particular species which is what we see there it's not now will these begin to cross borders and and will will they will they begin to to dominate as as indeed a single phone phone form factor ended up really dominating uh the the world which is the 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 touch phone touch touch uh uh screen touched uh phones we have both as Android and, and iOS. So that's the question before us. I think that the the exciting thing is that if you just dabble in this slightly, you you see all these opportunities. Wow! If if you're focused on software, you see software opportunities. If you're focused on hardware, you see great opportunities there. And if you're s- s- focused on service and jobs to be done or design, you see opportunities there. It's as if we're on the on the cusp of a, 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 of, a of a truly marvelous. Uh, supernova of innovation, and and that's that's what I sensed early on was why it attracted me so much. So so I think the conversation goes on, right? I think we we have uh, we've tried today to talk about scooters uh, to get our hands around the problem. And again, by the time you hear this, this may have moved on already, but because it's moving so fast. But but um, but yeah, it's a rich history. Lots 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 of. Uh, uh, lots of anecdotes here, and uh, let's uh, let's look forward to the next version of this show. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you very much, Horace. Really appreciate it. <laughs>